He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney, he is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. Oh, what a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, November 26th, 2022, our 28th anniversary. No, not for the show, but for my marriage to my beautiful wife, Patricia Bartlett Silverman. Love of my life. Thank you, dear. It was a rough Thanksgiving week, starting off with that massacre in Colorado Springs. Gosh, I hate when stuff like that happens. Triggers my old prosecutorial instincts. I wish the prosecutor down there would have done better. How did he let that guy go? Not even a misdemeanor with that prior crime of violence? We are going to talk about it with Heidi Beadle. Heidi Beadle, the outstanding reporter for the Colorado Times recorder. She lives in Colorado Springs, She was in the military. She was a school teacher. She taught one of the victims. She knows another. Anyway, she understands what's going on in Colorado Springs. Valuable interview, an incredible personality, and you will benefit from hearing all about it. We talk about Michelle Malkin, who lives down there in Colorado Springs, part of this America First movement that is... Bigoted, takes out hate on gay people and others. We've addressed that before. I've kept my eye on a guy named Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is a neo-Nazi type. And he came to my attention right around the time I got terminated for bashing Trump after Charlottesville on KNUS. In November, November 16, 2019, was my last show. Two days before that, Michelle Malkin was at UCLA. She took the side of Nick Fuentes in the Groypers against who? Against Charlie Kirk, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle. They all had shouting matches at UCLA. She came in afterwards and said, I'm proud of the Groypers. I'm proud of Nick Fuentes. These are the real Americans. We are the real majority. And guess who agrees with her now? Donald Trump. Not Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump, who had Nick Fuentes to dinner on Thanksgiving weekend. And it's got me a little outraged. Where are you, Denver Trump Radio? Are you down with an anti-Semite, a neo-Nazi, dining with your orange leader? And Kanye West, by the way, who brought him along. And if you believe that bullshit about Donald Trump doesn't know who Nick Fuentes is, I've got a bridge to sell you. Are you kidding me? I've been talking about him for a long time. Anybody paying attention knows what vermin scum this guy is. But what do you expect when they name a movement America First? It leads to bad things like what happened in Colorado Springs, and we get into it with Heidi Beetle. But first, I want to play you that sound of what happened 
with Fuentes. And Ben Shapiro gets involved in this. Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle three years ago. I grabbed this sound in the commentary from an interesting YouTube show called The Young Turks. They chronicled it back in the day three years ago. What a memorable November. It started with uh, a bunch of right-wingers in the crowd at UCLA who wanted to have Q&A with Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle. And when Donald Trump Jr. talked about his mom being an immigrant, they don't like immigrants. And they wanted a Q&A. And then they got nasty, and then Donald Trump Jr. struck back Charlie Kirk. He was sitting in the middle. And then there's Kimberly Guilfoyle, who dominates when she did this. Listen to how it went down, courtesy of the Young Turks. Donald Trump Jr. and his girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle, were at UCLA to promote his upcoming book. And he got booed, but it wasn't by people on the left, it wasn't by leftist students. It was by individuals who are actually pretty hardcore right-wingers. Now, according to the Washington Post, rebukes came from a crowd of young people who rank among the most ardent and extreme supporters of President Trump. Oops. Turns out they were upset because Don Jr. didn't want to take questions from the audience. And so things became a little chaotic, watch. See what I mean? And that's, that is the problem. And the reason oftentimes it doesn't make sense to do the Q&A is not because we're not willing to talk about the questions, because we do. No, it's because people hijack it with nonsense, looking to go for some sort of soundbite. You have people spreading nonsense, spreading hate to try to take over that room. No, that's the real issue no, the room. because you're not making your parents proud by being rude and disruptive and discourteous. We are happy to answer a question. because you're impressing no one here to get a date in person. How many people have you catfished? And then it got so wild that they had to stop the proceedings. This is how it got described. And listen to uh, what transpired at UCLA big schism between the far right, the really bigoted people, and at the time, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, and Charlie Kirk, who's now mainstay on Denver Trump Radio. The America First guys are just over the top, uh, racist, uh, anti-Semitic, etc. So, I mean, pick your poison, but yeah, I think America worse is clearly worse. So let's watch a little more of the chaos unfolding at this UCLA event for Triggered. We're willing to hear them. They're usually not willing to hear us. So I asked a simple question. I think she's triggered, Don. Thank you for advertising the book. We appreciate it. Record low unenforcement. Record low in unemployment for women, for black. Yeah. 
furthest leftists on a college campus. Right? It, it doesn't happen that way. We're, we're willing to listen. We're willing to listen. Mm, so they're chanting Q&A because they want a question and answer uh, portion. Weird how um, these right wingers want to silence students who just have some questions they want to ask. Yeah, wait a minute, I thought they were in favor of free speech on college campuses. And here they are saying, no, we do not want you to speak. You, you're only to be spoken to and you sit there and shut up and listen. Now, why don't they want to take the questions from the most avid Trump supporters? Because they're gonna get up and ask about the deep state and how the Jews run everything. And that puts Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Giffle and Charlie Kirk in an awkward position because that's how they win votes, but they don't want to admit it. So that's why they're like, eh, shut them up, shut them up, okay? We want that stuff to happen behind the scenes, but we don't want to be complicit in it. Exactly, and things got so out of hand that the event was cut short and it ended with them like running off the stage. Take a look. <laughs> If you were unclear earlier about who was causing disruptance, they made that fairly clear by chanting America first at the end there. So you'd think that that might have been the end of it. Okay, there are extremists on the right. At least the Trumps won't go that far, but leave it to Michelle Malkin, the right winger who lives in Colorado Springs, to three years ago come to the defense of not... Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle and Charlie Kirk, but instead the Gripers, Nick Fuentes. And when Ben Shapiro, a Jewish right winger, called out Nick Fuentes, who has threatened him personally, well, then what side did Malkin take? She took the side of the neo Nazi Fuentes, who's back in the news because he was just entertained. This Thanksgiving Day weekend by Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Are you kidding me? And then Yee is saying how Trump loved it? Well, first, listen to Michelle Malkin who said, maybe Kimberly Guilfoyle doesn't want to be the mother of these guys, but I do. That's when she became Mama Groiper. Listen to when I interviewed Michelle Malkin. She hung up on me as I tried to get her to talk about Nick Fuentes and all of this. I had the sound then, listen to it again. Don't be a sheep. Question authority, save yourselves. And if you're unwilling to do so, then I can't help you. None of us can help you, no matter how many lectures we do. It's a lost cause and it's time to move on. I've done these YAV events for nearly 20 years now. And usually such speeches are aimed at the left and the Democrats to show how they're wrong, they're evil, they have double standards, 
they're the real haters, they are the real racists. <laughs> All of those things are true. And I've made these arguments in earnest for many, 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 many years. But tonight is not about you, lefties. Tonight, my remarks are directed at the young men and women of this country who identify as America First conservatives. I was going to ask how many of you identify as such, how many of you are proud Americans for American freedom and sovereignty, and uh, from the room, I, I hear that we are the majority, and we're the majority in this room, and we're the majority in this country. I know what it's like to be in your shoes, feeling marginalized on a crazy college campus or wherever you make your life and living, for standing up for your pro-life, pro-gun, pro-truly free speech, pro-Western values and your faith, and for fighting for our country. I also have two teenagers who have been through experiences like you have, sitting in classrooms where abject stupidity and emotionalism have replaced logic, reason, and the pursuit of truth. And that is why I will not be using this blessed and privileged platform and my position to insult you to marginalize you, or to shout you down. Just a couple of days ago, here on this very campus, someone I know, a former Fox News colleague, Kimberly Guilfoy, sneered that young conservatives, men in MAGA hats, asking inconvenient questions, were somehow rude losers who could only get dates online and who were embarrassing their parents. There's another speaker, somebody I've known a long time, and you all know him, Ben Shapiro, who unfortunately repeatedly denigrated, let's be civil, uh, repeatedly denigrated, so I can finish my sentence here, <laughs> repeatedly denigrated an entire movement of young men who watch, yes, a YouTuber named Nick Fuentes. <laughs> These young men seeking answers to tough questions the same questions that I've been asking out loud for 25 plus years about where America is headed. These young men were mocked as masturbating losers in their basements who share memes. And I will tell you that as a mom with brilliant, bright-thinking kids who, yes, live in my basement and who, <laughs> yes, share memes, I found this obsessive reference and many on the so-called right are, are obsessed with it, obsessed with young people's dating ha habits and lives. These are prominent adult conservative media personalities, much older than their targets. It's tellingly defensive. It's cringe. <laughs> it's touchy. And it's also creepy. Here is my message to the new generation of America Firsters exposing the big lies of the anti-American open borders establishment and its controlled opposition. If I were your mom, I'd be proud as hell. I want you to know that you are not alone, that it's important for you to know that not everyone who belongs to generations older than you has sat idly by while America rotted from the inside.
So that's Michelle Malkin defending the Groypers at UCLA. Who does she sound like? Kanye West. Kanye West, who had his dinner with Donald Trump. Can you believe it? Our former president invites that anti-Semite down to Mar-a-Lago, and he brings Nick Fuentes. They all have dinner, and here's Yee24, who thinks he's bigger than Donald Trump, puts down the former president and told the world how Orange Madness liked Nick Fuentes. Wow. What a tweet from Kanye West, courtesy of Elon Musk. I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him to be my vice president, I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. It was the fact that I walked in with intelligence. So Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. When he didn't know what the lawyers is, you'll still have your lawyer list. And when all the lawyers said, forget it, Trump's done, there were loyalists running up yep. in the White House, right? And my question would be, why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January Sixers? And I came to him as someone who loves Trump, and I said, go and get Corey back. Go and get these people that the media tried to cancel and told you to step away from. He basically gives me this would-be mob-esque kind of story talking to some kid from the south side of Chicago trying to sound mobby or whatever. He goes into the story about all that he went through to get Alice Johnson out of jail and how he didn't do it for Kim, but he did it for me. But then he goes on to say that Kim is a You could tell her I said that. And I was thinking like, that's the mother of my children. Since we know, and all the Christians in America that love Trump know that Trump is a conservative, we're going to demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table telling me I was going to lose, I mean, has that ever worked for anyone in history? Telling <laughs> You're going to lose. Tell him he's going to lose. I'm like, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Trump. You're talking to Ye. So there you have it. What could go wrong? Well, these guys are bigots. They're haters. And we talk about anti-Semitism, but anti-LGBTQ, it's right there. There's special hatred on the right for gays, for Jews. That's why guys like, I don't know, Kaplis, Brockler, others have such hate in their heart for Jared Polis who's been a darn good governor. But some people won't give him a chance. I give everybody a chance. I had an interview with Heidi Beetle back in October of 21. She was tremendous then, episode 66. She's stellar again, right in the heart of Colorado Springs. You get a great interview after the break with Heidi Beetle. Following that, our troubadour Dave Gunders comes through with perfect song, titled Safe Haven. That's what Club Q was for the LGBTQ community in Colorado Springs. And now it's gone. And there's a void. We have a great song, great talk with Dave Gunders. This is a special episode dedicated to the victims in Colorado Springs. 
gosh, it's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. <laughs> now, part of that was serious and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblawllc.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. Hey, being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that, instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig. 303-734-7156. 303-734-7156. I am Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. This is Heidi. Hey, Heidi, it's Craig. Hey. Thanks so much for doing the podcast again. No problem. I was just listening to you and me on episode 66, and I think we should have won an award (laughs) because of you. Well, thanks. You are an excellent guest and a tremendous podcast host. Your podcast (laughs) called Western Fringe I listened this morning to your discussion about focus on the family, and it was excellent. Way to go. You have other great podcasts. Tell everybody about your podcast and that one in particular. Yeah, so I host a podcast called Western Fringe, um, and it's kind of weird history of Colorado or kind of Colorado history with sort of a parapolitics kind of bent to it. So. not quite full-on conspiracy theories, but just looking at the weird intersection of kind of politics and crime and and weird stuff. Um, and this latest season, I've been looking at cults and um, spiritual kind of organizations and things like that. And I started off, um, you know, with a discussion of the MK Ultra like hypnosis experiments that took place at the University of Denver um, and the kind of, you know, the idea of coercive control of faith-based institutions is kind of a through line for this series of episodes that I've been doing. But I did one on focus of the family, focus on the family, um, which kind of looked at just their history, their um, you know, political connections. James Dobson was um, very plugged in politically with, you know, the Reagan administration and the Council for National Policy um, and, and guys like Oliver North and, um, you know, different folks within the Reagan administration, including Reagan himself. Um, Chuck Colson, the Falwell family, yes. Pat Robertson. Yeah. Wow, it was excellent. Tony Perkins, 
and how much yeah. of this flowed through Ronald Reagan back in the day. And gosh, it happened while I was at Colorado College, 1977, focus on the family, moves to Colorado Springs. And I remember that Will Perkins auto dealership, and I think they even gave some of us jocks at CZ some gigs, I don't know, during special events. But that guy was part of Amendment 2, which really defined Colorado for a while. The anti-gay initiative that passed and we were labeled the hate state. Were you here in those days, Heidi? Because I was. I was not, no. I'm originally from Virginia, so I didn't get to Colorado until 2005. Um, But I've spoken with, you know, a lot of people. And, you know, the impact of sort of focus on the family and this evangelical movement is like very present in, you know, the queer community today in Colorado Springs. Um, You know, there's lots of people that I've spoken with as a reporter kind of covering the LGBT community who are themselves like, like they came to Colorado to go through conversion therapy at focus on the family. Um, there's a big kind of ex-evangelical presence and there's a lot of, you know, the, I guess, queer elders, you would call them within the community who were around during, um, you know, the Amendment 2 era and the battles that were waged at that time. So it, it's definitely something that I'm pretty familiar with. I am so thrilled to have you this week. I cannot think of a more perfect guest, sadly, given the events in Colorado Springs. Before we go there... And your connection to Club Q and some of the victims. You know, you host, uh, you, you described Western French as weird this or that. And you're a teacher. Do you know what the old Anglo-Saxon word weird, W-Y-R-D, means? Yeah, it's fate or kind of karma, like their, their concept of um, destiny. Yes. Don't you think that's weird? It is, yeah. I I just was taken by that. And tell everybody your educational background and your years working for the U.S. military, your years working as a teacher. People can get more detail on episode 66, but it's amazing the life you've led. Yeah. um, So I definitely got into journalism in kind of a roundabout way. So I joined the Army out of high school, um, and I spent eight years um, from 2003 to 2011 uh, in the Army um, as an infantryman. Um, You know, I got out, and then I went to college. Um, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I started, you know, I worked uh, at a foster group home while I was in college um, and did, you know, various jobs, and then I got out, and then I taught uh, for about five years here in Colorado Springs, um, I taught at Cheyenne Mountain High School and Sand Creek High School, um, but I left the profession in 2019, um, and I started freelance writing for the Colorado Springs Independent in around 2016 as well, um, just covering you know the LGBT community. I was a, an opinion columnist, um, and you know I gradually started pitching kind of bigger stories, and you know one of the the first cover stories that I wrote about was. Um, about furries, you know, the subculture that was very prominent in this year's gubernatorial election. Um, and then, you know, I wrote about cattle mutilations and, and a lot of things that up by, end up in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, in fairness to uh, Heidi Ganahl, who was a guest on a memorable show where I had her and Jared Polis, I, I didn't talk to her about furries. It wasn't that much of an issue then, but we did go back and forth with some Twitter. Anyway, 
I think it's apparent she lost by more than a whisker, maybe 20 points. I mean, it's... Almost a tail, I would say. Yes, the whole darn pussycat. I mean, it's ridiculous to... And I don't know what that's about, but you do, because uh, you you are now in muscle tough on this. Since last we talked, you are an ace reporter at the Colorado Times Recorder, which is a must-go-to site uh, on the internet, an interesting news outlet that has some great reporters like you. I heard George Brockler on Monday. I was going to send you the sound because he disparaged your organization, said it was just a blog, no real reporting. Yet I defy anybody to point me to a reporter, you know, better than you or Eric or some of of the other stars over there who get out in the field. You go to the scene. And I know that because I follow you on Twitter. Anyway, your reaction to my mazel tov about the Colorado Times recorder. Are you proud? Go ahead. No, I said, are you proud of of being where you are? Because I think you guys do important work. Yeah. um, You know, I I started at the, you know, I've been with the Indy since 2016, and I took a staff position um, in 2020. um, And that was kind of, you know, my first foray into journalism, and it was a great experience. But, you know, when I got an opportunity to work for the Colorado Times Recorder, um, you know, I jumped at it because it's really... you know, it focuses pretty exclusively on kind of covering extremism and politics and all these kind of things that I am, um, you know, pretty interested in. And we are an online publication. Um, you know, I don't think a blog is necessarily a mischaracterization. Um, but, you know, we do like a lot of on the ground original reporting, spend a lot of time, you know, covering um, right wing radio. So guys like George Brockler and Dan Kaplists and all of these other folks and a lot of other outlets either, you know, don't have the time or don't have the skill set to kind of really dive into. Um, and we also, you you know, pay attention to the more extreme fringes in politics, to, you know, hate groups like the Proud Boys and Patriot Front, um, and the the intersection between those extremist organizations and politics here in Colorado. Um, we are a progressive news outlet, um, you know, which a lot of people kind of take umbrage at, um, you know, particularly, uh, I think recently, Stephen Varela, who is running in the Pueblo um, Senate race against Senator Nick Henriksen. Um, he was really upset with a lot of our coverage because we kind of, you know, I, I dug into his background and um, uncovered, you know, some some incidents with law enforcement that he was involved in when he was stationed in Fort Riley in Kansas. And I covered his, um, you know, school board stuff. He's on the board of this charter school down in Pueblo that um, was really um, struggling with some serious problems uh, under his tenure. And, um, you know, he didn't like that pressure, that coverage, and he sort of dismissed us as a dark money organization. Um, And it's not, I mean, it comes with the territory. Um, You know, there's so many outlets in Colorado Springs, you know, there's the whole radio ecosystem, and then there's the Anschutz-owned news outlet. Yeah, where where the Nazis came from the left, right? And they're going to write an (laughs) editorial. I have to get Wayne Loggison on. But my goodness, of course, look at Salem Media, where I worked. It's all right wing. It's all been backing Trump. 
They had the Medved rule. You can't stay if you're going to rip Trump. And I proved that point. But the bottom line is that uh, they still provide information. They're right-wing as hell. But to disparage you guys, and you guys do have your own perspective, but you do a lot of original reporting. And I feel a need to push back against these guys because they have a lot of people and a lot of influence uh, with their message. People listen. People think that Dan Kaplan and George Brockler very influential on this red flag law. My God, he was on my show after Zach Parrish got killed. Remember that, that terrible mm -hmm. New Year's? Douglas County and... I organized a show with Tony Spurlock, Republican head of uh, Douglas County Sheriffs, George Brockler, DA for the 18th Judicial District. I was honored by Gracie Parrish, Zach's widow on his father, Zach Parrish II. And we all said, please pass this red flag law, including George Brockler, Rocky Mountain gun owners opposed it, Pat Neville, that whole crowd. And they defeated it in committee. And the next year when it came back, essentially unchanged. Everybody was back supporting it. There were more Democrats. But guess who jumped off the bandwagon? George Brockler. And when he jumped off and he said it's unconstitutional, it's a violation of due process, that gave the go-ahead to guys like Steve Reams, their hero in Greeley, Bill Elder down in El Paso County, uh, the DA, Michael Allen, down there to say, well, we're going to go with Brockler. He's a smart guy, and he's got Kaplan saying it, too. Kaplan switched with Brockler, and all of a sudden, they're with the gun groups. And a bunch of people in Colorado, sheriffs, say, we're not going to enforce the red flag law. Now we are on to what happened in Colorado Springs at Club Q. And thanks for letting me get that off my chest, because... That flowed through me. So I monitor these guys, just like you, you monitor Telegram and, I don't know, the conservative daily. We're going to get to that. But I <laughs> know these guys, and it's a little painful to listen, and you can use double speed, and I don't listen to all of it, but I'm going to hold them accountable because society's in the balance. There I've had my big say. Do you remember all that red flag law history? Were you involved back then? Um, not so much back then, but I have kind of followed how it's been, um, kind of used or, or not used, you know, since its inception. And, you know, this recent Club Q incident is, you know, a perfect example of this law and, and, and the ways it's sort of discretionarily applied. Um, I don't know if that's a word, sorry, but no, it um, is. Yeah. it's <laughs> prosecutorial discretion. And uh, Bell Elder says, I don't like it. It's unconstitutional. Just look at George Brockler. He's the crime guy. And one of these guys going to say, hey, maybe we have some responsibility. Meanwhile, the, he and Dan Kaplis, this is rich because, you know, for years, Kaplis and Silverman, I got the last uh, Colorado or Denver, Colorado death penalty verdict. I I have wrestled with this issue. I believe it's appropriate under some circumstances. I definitely favored it for the guy who committed the Aurora Theater massacre. Unfortunately, George Brockler could not secure that verdict, and that's what really was the death knell to capital punishment in Colorado. But now. They're on the air blaming the loss of the death penalty on Jared Polis, Dan Kaplis, who always opposed the death penalty when I knew him. Anyway, 
They're blaming Jared Polis. Now we don't have a death penalty, and it's the fault of those damn lefties. No, look in the mirror, fellas. So I just want to get that off my chest, too, because go ahead. Yeah, you know, one of the things that kind of struck me around like the red flag law kind of use or not use, one of the most, one of the more high profile cases that, I, that I've been following um, in January of 2021, following, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests and everything that summer um, in Denver, Colorado, they used the red flag law to seize guns from a guy named Bryce Shelby, who was a self identified member of the Black Panther Party um, for allegedly, you know, making threats against. Uh, uh, Attorney General Phil Weiser, and um, that was an incident that involved kind of the FBI and undercover elements from the Denver Police Department, um, and they were trying to, you know, build a case against this guy, um, and he didn't, you know, follow through with it, and they weren't able to, uh, you know, actually file any charges against him, but they were able to use the red flag law to seize his firearms, and, um, you know, it's just interesting that you see these cases applied against, you know, leftist activists and things like that but when it comes to um you know guys like this club q shooter um it just kind of you know it's fine he you know he he causes the evacuation of an entire neighborhood in colorado springs last year and nothing i swear to god this happened on uh kaplan's show this week he had lauren bobert on not a tough question she said none of this is my fault and besides where was the DA? Where was the sheriff? Why wasn't the red flag law used? Well, hey, lady, last I looked, you and everybody who supports you was against the red flag law, including this host, Dan Kaplis. So if you want an answer to your question, there it is. Read the Colorado Times recorder. Read the Colorado Sun. We have some sheriffs who won't enforce it because guys like Brockler Switch did a 180. He could have been a leader on this. And the same thing with assault weapons. Gosh, I like Joe Biden saying, get rid of assault weapons. It helped back in the day. We had 10 years of, uh, of the right direction. And since then, the politicians in the grip of the gun industry, it's shameful. It's horrible. And anyway, there are a lot of political issues that flow out of this. And I know the Colorado political history. And so do you. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I covered the El Paso County Sheriff's race this year, um, and it's just an incredible race to the bottom. You know, I mean, the guy that ended up winning, um, you know, Joy Robal, who is the current um, El Paso County undersheriff, you know, he, he's going to be the next sheriff taking over from Bill Elder. Um, but the other candidates in that race, they were all, you know, there were at least two of them who were part of the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association, which is this extremist kind of fringe group, um, you know, connected to like anti-Semitism and all kinds of like just crazy nastiness, but very like sheriffs are the ultimate authority in, in the county government and, um, you know, very kind of like almost sovereign citizen or posse comitatus ideology. Um, and the biggest kind of opponent against Roy Ball um, from the kind of insurrectionist, like radical right fringe in El Paso County, um, you know, was Todd Watkins, who was involved. He's a regular guest on Joe Oldman's Conservative Daily podcast. And, um, you know, so even the moderate Republicans like Roy Ball, are are competing against this very vocal, very loud extremist fringe, and any kind of 
you know, sensible gun control, any kind of, you know, even these like milk toast measures like the red flag laws, um, you know, it, it's it's a death sentence for anyone who's trying to run for office. Um, and, you know, I saw that played out during the primary. Um, so the argument goes, crazy. well, uh, El Paso County, we are a Second Amendment sanctuary. And then the other guy said, no, we need to be a super sanctuary. No, we need to be a super duper sanctuary, right? That's the yeah, level of the I, argument. I mean, yeah, and they had questions. Like I went to an El Paso County, I think it was the Colorado Springs Republican Women, maybe, but they hosted you know a candidate forum for sheriff, and and one of the questions was about red flag laws and the constitutionality, and um, you know everybody was kind of towing the line on you know well we're not going to enforce that, and and it's the same line that you know Elder and Allen and other officials here in El Paso County had you know, used previously. So, well, I'm proudly independent. My views on subjects vary. Some I might be labeled conservative, some liberal. I am anti-Trump and we'll get to that. But just like me with capital punishment, maybe I'm not like the normal person uh, on who's voting for Joe Biden. But, but what about you and weapons? You must have handled them in the military. You must know a lot about guns. Are you an opponent of guns? Were you proficient? Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am a gun owner, right? I, I have a gun. I know how to use it. Um, I um, I understand both sides of the argument. You know, a lot of people, you know, particularly on the, the the further left kind of spaces, there are a lot of people on the left who are not big fans of gun control. Um, but, and you mean of, you of know, it, they're not fans of anybody having guns. They're not fans of the second. No, Amendment. no. So, so there's kind of like the, you know, liberal, like moms demand action kind of groups right. that are like anti-gun and stuff like yes. that. But when you look at kind of like, left of like the DSA. So getting into kind of like the hardcore okay. sort of communist and anarchist sort of communities. Um, you know, the discourse is very much that, you know, marginalized communities should be armed, right? right? Like right. if you look at like the black lives matter and, and do we only want the police to be the ones to have guns and, right. and things and like that. Jews um, need to be the most armed because they're under the most threat. No, I get that line of thinking and people need to listen to episode 66 because you know those far fringes on the left, too. So keep going. Yeah. Um, you know, but to be quite honest, I mean, personally, I just this is um, this Club Q shooting is the second mass shooting that I've covered in mm. Colorado Springs. Um, it's the 601st mass shooting in the United States this year. Um, you know, the day after the Club Q shooting, there was a mass shooting in Chesapeake, Virginia, um, you know, and. I just I don't I don't feel like private citizens should own, you know, the same weapons that are used in infantry squads, you know, like I feel like there should be some sensible regulation. Um, you know, these kind of things don't happen in uh, you know, Australia or um Canada or, you know, the United Kingdom. And I know people will say, well, they still do it, and you know, you can look at the Abe. Um, assassination where somebody made a homemade gun and killed, you know, the former prime minister Shinzo Abe. Um, but, you know, people at nightclubs, people at elementary schools, you know, aren't subject to mass murder on a regular basis. And, um, 
you know, my perspective at this point in my life is, you know, that we should, uh, we should really consider, um, you know, way at least, you know, doing something around the technology of weapons. You know, I mean, if you, if you want to hunt with a bolt action rifle, knock yourself out, you know, you want to target shoot with a six shot revolver handgun, Hey, go for it, you know, but you know, high capacity magazines, these, um, mm-hmm you know, AR-15 style weapons, um, you know, the AR-15 style weapons with short barrels that are technically classified as pistols. Um, it's just, um, it's just, people are just getting killed, you know, it's so stipulated. You are preaching to the choir. And I just want to emphasize one, you're a gun owner too. You probably handled some big weapons in the military. It's not like, you are a novice at this, nor are you a novice at a lot of things. Let's not uh, take another moment without acknowledging the poor people who lost their lives last weekend. Ashley Pod, Derek Rump, Daniel Aston, Kelly Loving, and Raymond Green Vance. Now, Heidi, my condolences to you because, one, you're a member of that community— you're also trans. You also had a personal connection to Raymond Green and Vance. Could you tell everybody about it? Yeah. Um, so uh, Raymond Green Vance was a 2018 graduate of Sand Creek High School, um, where I worked um, as a teacher. Um, so he, you know, I knew him. I wasn't particularly close with him, but um, you know, he was a well-respected, well-liked kid at the Sand Creek High School. He was a good kid. He um, you know, it's just, it's tragic and awful. And not only, you know, Raymond Green Vance, but I had, um, another student who, um, was there, um, at the shooting. Um, he wasn't, you know, injured or anything, but, um, he was, you know, close with Daniel Aston, and, um, you know, it, it's just such a traumatic and, and awful thing, um, Tell us about Club Q. Yeah. um, So Club Q, um, you know, it's the oldest LGBT uh, nightclub in Colorado Springs. It's been here for 21 years. And it's, you know, it's more than just a nightclub or a bar. You know, it's really kind of a community hub and a safe space for a lot of the LGBT community here in Colorado Springs. Um, They do, you know, they host drag events. They're part of this kind of community scene that, um, you know, supports the LGBT community. Um, and they're, you know, a, a central part of that. And so it's, you know, a place where um, kind of everybody has stories and connections. And, you know, one of the first um, kind of LGBT community events that I went to um, after I came out as trans was in 2016. I went to a vigil for the Orlando Pulse shooting at Club Q. Um, you know, so it's a place that that everybody, you know, in the community kind of has a connection to. And it's it's an important space in a city like Colorado Springs, which, again, is home to focus on the family and to these, um, you know, other faith-based institutions. And that is, you know, still, you know, maybe it's a little purple if you look at the recent election results, but it's still pretty staunchly conservative. And the levels of, you know, city and county government um, are still controlled by conservatives. Um, and it can be, you know, a hard place to be an LGBT person. Um, and so Club Q is... Um, kind of a refuge and a safe haven for a lot of folks. What part of town is it in and how big 
is its capacity? Um, it is kind of centrally located. Um, so it's like basically the middle of Colorado Springs. Um, and I thought Colorado College was the middle of Colorado Springs. <laughs> well, you know, there's so much uh, urban sprawl. Like Colorado Springs goes out, you know, almost to Falcon these days. Um, but it's, you know, what accent do we and, what, what accent would we take off of I-25? Um, so you would, I mean, that's a tough question. I, is, it, is, because, it, is it near Nevada? Um, no, if I was doing it, I would take, um, yeah, maybe the Nevada or the Uinta exits oh, and then take you're talking. That's to Colorado College right there. You went there. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of in between, you know, I guess halfway in between like Powers Boulevard and Nevada Avenue on the west side of town. Like and, it's kind of right in the middle. And then are there, is it big? Is there a big dance floor? Are there um, hundreds of people there when it gets crowded? Do they ever you know, put on say, live entertainment? I guess they were that night, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, I've never actually like been inside the club itself. You know, I'm the whole kind of like <laughs> young people dancing and oh, okay. um, that sort of scene is not really my scene these days, but, um, because you know, you're a family person, right? You're raising a family, <laughs> how you have children and a partner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm old and respectable and mm. all of those things. But, right. um, but yeah, it's, you know, maybe a hundred people, you know, it's not, it's not a huge club by any means. Um, there are definitely larger spaces in Colorado Springs, but, um, you know, it's, um, you know, and like I said, yeah, they do host live events. They, um, you know, do a lot of stuff with the drag community. So a lot of drag shows and um, kind of events around that. Well, let's stop right there because, I mean, one, it's great that a drag uh, performer stomped on this guy. That's one of everybody's favorite part of this. This Creighton who did it, we will get to him. But, I mean, it sickened me to hear about it. But it, it had to hit a lot closer to home for you, raising your family, Colorado Springs, being part of the LGBT community. I mean, how did you feel personally? And then you have to go to work. And how does that feel? It it feels awful, you know, and it feels doubly awful because I have been tracking this stuff, you know, like I, I've been writing about the LGBT community in Colorado Springs since 2016. Um, and I've been writing about kind of the rhetoric around trans people and calling out, you know, city officials and politicians. And, um, you know, a couple months ago, I wrote a story about the drag protest in Highlands Ranch, um, you know, that, you know, was kind of signal boosted by Mark Baisley and, uh, you know, Dave Williams, both of them representatives uh, in the state legislature. Um, and, you know, I've been following this rhetoric. I've seen it, you know, um, in the gubernatorial elections with Heidi Ganahl, you know, and, and other people. And, um, you know, in Colorado Springs at the city level, um, you know, city councilor Dave Donaldson in May took part in um, this hold the line event, um, which is this kind of evangelical Christian nationalist event led by Sean Fucht, um, who's a guy who has like connections to the Proud Boys and things like that. And 
Eric Metaxas, who uh, is he's a co-defendant with Joe Oldman in the Coomer defamation case, but he's a, a Christian apologetics guy, and both are, are firmly anti-LGBT. And um, you know, Dave Donaldson was at this event, our city councilor, and he was you know bragging about blocking a, a transgender inclusion policy that would have allowed um, that would have required buildings to have gender-neutral bathrooms, and then about how he helped you know shut down the city's human rights commission which kind of looks at issues around um, marginalized communities like the trans community um you know so so the, and and it's spilled over into like school board stuff um we've got a moms demand liberty chapter down here uh you know so so it's just i i've been watching this demonization of the lgbtq community particularly transgender people and you know i've i've been watching these people kind of conflate you know trans people and drag queens and and you know, the, not just watching, that. not just watching, but yeah. letting the rest of us watch by pulling yes. their pants down, if I can use that kind of metaphor, to show well, what they are saying, what they are uh, writing, what they are podcasting, and how they attack you as a trans person. And last time we were on uh, episode 66, we were covering the court case. Uh, of Dr. Eric Coomer versus all the people who defamed him via publishing Joe Altman's lie that uh, he had intercepted an Antifa call. And Joe Altman was attacking you left and right at a big anti-slap motion hearing back in October 21. Guess what's coming up on Tuesday? Did you know about this? Oh, the, the Salem Media one. Yeah, yes, Randy Corporan Randy and Salem Media trying to argue that, hey, we didn't do anything wrong putting on Joe Altman. But if you want to know a bigot against all sorts of people, but especially against LGBT people, it's Joe Altman. What kind of things has he said about people like you and people who might be trans or gay who would dare to teach in the public schools? Oh, my God. Um, what hasn't he said? Um, so, I mean, you know, personally for me, Oldman has just like, he's he's made it his mission to kind of like expose me as the Antifa journalist. So he, um, he dead named me. He's, you know, I'm trans, so I changed my name a while ago um but he like used my dead name in uh in the affidavit that he filled out for Sidney powell um where arguably he committed perjury um but he like accused me of being this leader of our revolution um which is ridiculous and i've never been involved with that organization in my life um and you know being this like antifa leader and he has um he's accused me of being a pedophile because i used to be a teacher and i'm a trans person he he um, claims that trans and LGBT people in public schools are recruiting kids to be gay. He has told people that they should assault any transgender people they see using a public restroom. He has um, said that parents should go into classrooms and tear pride flags off the wall. He um you know, has used the groomer slur. Um, there was an episode, I, I shared this on Twitter, but there was an episode where for some reason they brought up this um, composite of pride flags and they arranged it in such a way that it formed a swastika. Um, so it's just, you know, and, and he, he says, you know, my best friend is a gay Jewish guy and all this stuff, but I, you know, he is explicitly an anti-LGBT bigot. Um, 
like a lot of people. Um, Didn't he say something about dragging behind a car? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said that, um, yeah, the LGBT teachers, the groomers um, should be dragged behind a car until their body parts fall off. So, and um, and my favorite part of episode sixty six, the ease with which you got him to give up the fact that he was Joe Otto after he first denied it, kind of Donald Trump style. Joe Otto, who had wanted to be a broadcaster, did a podcast with a guy named Max McGuire, and they did it for about ten years. They broke into the big time with this big lie that the Trumps took notice of, and. Randy Corcoran brought him around to Peter Boyles, who gave him two softball interviews. Then they took him to Michelle Malkin, Eric Bentaxis, Salem's being sued, Trump's being sued, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell. It's, it's amazing, and it's all going on in Denver District Court, and nobody will talk about it on uh, Denver Radio. And how could anybody be a better guest on the subject of what happened in Colorado Springs than Heidi Beetle? I do know that some other podcasts have contacted you and done brief interviews, but does anybody on radio ever say, hey, you know, Heidi Beetle's trans. She lives in Colorado Springs. She covers this beat. Let's have her on. Hear what she has to say. Does anybody call you? Uh, no. Yeah, that's a form of discrimination. These guys claim they want to be fair. They don't want to be fair. George Brockler brought Joe Altman. You can hear that on episode 63 right before yours. He's the guy who brought Altman over to KNUS in the first place. To do what? I don't know. It's uh, it's a tangled web, and it's kind of, you know, interesting and fun to talk about until all this hateful rhetoric explodes with an assault weapon in a nightclub where people are just trying to relax and it breaks all of our peace. Let's go back to that horrible crime scene. What's it like in Colorado Springs now? Is this a turning point for that community? Um, I hope so. I mean, I think what we're seeing in Colorado Springs and you know, you did mention that I've been been reporting on all this stuff, and um, you know, I I often wonder like if anyone's paying attention. You know, um, I am. You know, you're great ha- reporting. You- to have that banner hung from city, Colorado Springs City Hall, and to have you there showing me pictures of it, it got damaged by the wind. Colorado Springs will do that, but tell everybody about the reaction. We want to hear all about it. I want to hear about it because I'm hearing. Denver area, and I I thought about going down there. What's it like? Yeah, um, you know, people are devastated. First of all, I mean, they're they're shocked and and traumatized and devastated and and angry. Um, you know, they the reaction from, you know, local leaders, um, has been, you know, pretty supportive. Um, you know, there was a vigil Sunday right after the shooting and, you know, Mayor Southers and various members of the city council, uh, were present. Um, you know, uh, Nancy Hingem, who's on the city council, I think she's been the most kind of supportive and she was at the press conference, you know, Sunday morning, um, that CSPD held right after the shooting. And, you know, she spoke at the, um, event at city hall on, um, Tuesday where they, um, you know, draped the sacred cloth pride flag. It was kind of like a, 
they made this giant um, pride flag um, and pieces of it have, you know, been part of like kind of a traveling exhibit and the flag in Colorado Springs was hung um, in Orlando after the Pulse shooting. And now it's on display, you know, it was on display, but it got damaged. Um, but it's here at, at our, you know, city council building um, or city hall. And, you know, it's, we're getting a lot of support and, um, you know, people are starting to pay attention to these things, but, um, you know, b- before this incident, like I was really questioning if anyone was, um, you know, listening to this stuff. Cause I've been reporting on it, you know, since 2016. And every time somebody says something, you know, stupid about trans people or the LGBT community, I try to call them out on it. And, you know, it, it's really seemed recently though, with like Tucker Carlson and libs of TikTok and gays against groomers and all this all this right-wing media kind of pressure during, you know, the midterms and election seasons that, um, you know, the tide was kind of, kind of turning and that people were, were kind of buying into the more hateful rhetoric. Um, but once, you know, this shooting happened, um, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of media attention on the past stories that I've written and, um, you know, I, I, they have been asking me to, to speak on like MSNBC and stuff like that, nice. but people are just, um, yeah, I guess I, it's so awkward, you know, I, I have never done media appearances that big before. And it's, um, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm being a good representative of, of Colorado Springs and the LGBT community. And, and it's just, it's really hard. And, you know, I wish it wasn't happening, but, um, but I wish you know, it was happening starting... locally because I'd like to see hearts and minds change and people to realize that, you know, Daniel Aston had every right to live. And it doesn't matter if he was transsexual or whatever. People should have their own personal dignity and they're being targeted. Canaries in the coal mine, it always starts with trans and then it goes further places and we've seen this act before and it's part of fascism authoritarianism and we could see where this was headed and you listen to conservative daily how much of that do you have to consume and please tell me you do it on double or triple speed (laughs) um you know i really don't watch that much of it anymore um you know just because Oldman's, I think, influence and relevance to a lot of things has like severely diminished. Um, I've been, he's in Arizona today, like protesting the election there. He was going to have this like big protest and uh, the turnout was just abysmal, like (laughs) barely cracking double digits. And it's just kind of sad. What Um, happened with him and his partner, Max McGuire? um, So yeah, Max just quit. Um, I think last year or a couple months ago, um, he left and, um, you know, he, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate or put words in anybody's mouth, but I mean, it definitely like Oldman was just, he's just kind of a jerk, you know, he, he is incredibly disrespectful to everyone. And he does the Trump thing where any sort of like disagreement with him, um, is treated as kind of a personal attack. And he, he just lashes out and, you know, I would watch the show and he would just like, just abuse Max on the show and blow him off and insult him. And just, you know, it was really uncomfortable to watch at times. Um, and then has an Altman gone all in backing Putin against Ukraine? Yeah, he's also been involved in that stuff. So, um, you know, he regularly appears on RT, 
Um, and he has this Russia guy. Today. El- right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, Moscow state media. Yes. Um, and he regularly features L Todd Wood, um, who, uh, has a company called CD media, which doesn't seem to be related to conservative daily or anything, but Todd Wood is like very plugged into sort of like the Russian propaganda apparatus and, and repeats a lot of those things. Um, and, you know, it's just this whole like network of right wing influencers and global fascism, like it's all connected and it has very local connections. Right. And these people get elevated. Do you know who we talked about at some length back on episode 66? Michelle Malkin and her groper friend who's in the news now. Do you know Tony Quintes? Yeah, Quintes. Yeah. Because I took note of him. Because back when I got my mic cut at Denver Trump Radio, they were hosting Michelle Malkin that night at a big event out at an Aurora hotel. And Malkin had just been involved in the controversy where she was backing big-time Nick Fuentes, the groiper, the Holocaust denier, who had organized a protest against Don Jr. and Kimberly. Remember, they were doing a tour with Charlie Kirk at UCLA? And then a groiper got up and... And uh, Kimberly went nuts, and the whole thing got disrupted. It was one of the first breaks uh, in the family with these right-wingers. And now to have Nick Fuentes this Thanksgiving weekend go with Kanye West to Mar-a-Lago and meet with the Orange Menace himself, it's unbelievable what Trump will do, right? To meet with Kanye West... And the equivalent of a neo-Nazi and and Nick Fuentes, Michelle Malkin's buddy, uh, somebody who his own son and daughter-in-law got in a tip with. And this is really something, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, and again, these are things that people have been reporting on for years. And and just a couple of weeks ago, Michelle Malkin spoke at the American Renaissance Conference in Tennessee, um, which is like the biggest annual gathering of neo-Nazis and Klan members and um, kind of far-right, you know, intellectuals, um, if you want to call them that. Um, and, you know, this movement has been ingrained and enmeshed and it, and it has its roots and tendrils here in Colorado. And, um, you know, time and again, like folks within the Republican Party and, um, you know, within the broader conservative movement, um, you know, don't want to recognize that or acknowledge it or, um, you know, really think about what it it means to have someone like um, Michelle Malkin um, and Nick Fuentes and and other, you know, folks um, kind of on your side, so to speak. Right. And they won't talk about it. Guys on Denver Trump Radio, guys like Capless and Brockler, hey, take a look. I mean, if there ever is an escape hatch, uh, I think uh, Byron York, uh, the conservative reporter who has, you know, uh, made a lot of money off of Fox News, the guy with the big hair. I, I think I saw on Twitter where he says with Fuentes, he's out. You know, sort of his Lindsey Graham moment. Of course, Lindsey Graham goes back and forth 
What are you guys doing in the LGBT world with Lindsey Graham? Who is that guy? <laughs> um, you know, I don't really have much of a comment on Lindsey Graham, to be quite honest. Um, but but some know, people say he's gay. Some people say he's not. I could care less. I just don't like his actions. It's just like this shooter. Some people say, well, he's gay. He's not binary. He's this or that. That doesn't matter. It's evident that he wanted to kill a bunch of gay and trans people. That's why he went there, right? So you could be a self-hating Jew. You could be a self-hating gay or trans. Isn't that all the case? Um, certainly. I would be careful about like the, the shooter's claims of being non-binary. Um, just, you know, it's... Uh, uh, this it's ridiculous but you know this guy um you know he he's certainly coming out of this right wing kind of like media online space you know like 4chan and things like that um he's been a well known now, how kind did, of like uh, poster okay well tell me that's all new yeah, maybe yeah, i missed so, it over thanksgiving yeah tell me the sure. latest we're we're, um, we're recording late on friday afternoon and heidi beetle is up to speed give us this straight skinny sure. heidi so, um, you know, this guy um, has been involved in kind of like 4chan style, you know, Kiwi Farm style online kind of edgy communities um, for a while. There's an entry on this website called Encyclopedia Dramatica, which is sort of like a a troll website is like a cyberbullying thing. Um, you know, they... They've reported that the shooter changed his name a couple of years ago, um, and his original last name was like Brink, um, and he he changed his name because he was getting like harassment from these sort of online troll communities that he was a part of, um, and he's you know been involved in that sphere. Um, you know his family, you know his his father certainly has. There's been a bunch of interviews with him, and um, I, I watched the entirety of it. It was amazing what that reporter got I mean, him to say and and how yeah. long he spoke with him. Um, yeah. It, and, you know, he the family is extremely kind of homophobic, or at least the father, you know, the mother. Um, now, I've researched so, this a little bit. The guy's porn name, Dick Delaware, he put <laughs> that in there and you can see that he may say he's not gay. But there he is in scenes with another guy with uh, aroused and one woman, and they're sharing her, and certain things are touching certain things. And I'd say, <laughs> you know, this guy can say something, but that video shows something else. And he's conflicted. He's used a lot of methamphetamine. He says he's a Mormon, that he's a conservative Republican. No way would his kid be gay. I almost felt sorry for the guy having a father like that. What a mess. Am I right? Yeah. And I mean, the whole situation is just bizarre and, and awful, you know, and I saw somebody on Twitter recently, they were kind of, um, you know, commenting on, um, you know, the, the recent attention that the father and the family has getting. And it's just kind of, you know, this confluence of sort of like the worst aspects of American media and American kind of media consumption, you know, and it's just sort of like reality TV and sensationalism, um, and just, just awful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, 
the people involved are, are awful. And, um, you know, the, the, the shooter kind of grew out of that, you know, and, um, and, and then, and it's not just the dad, but the dad talked about his father-in-law, right? His name's Vogel and he's a famous right-wing politician in Santee, a city in San Diego County, California. And, He's full MAGA, full Joe Altman type of guy, am I right? And the interesting yeah, yeah. thing is that the, the father, even though they're divorced, still respects the father-in-law and says he's a great guy. Did you hear that part of the interview? I did, yeah. And, you know, again, like, I'm not sure how how credible we should you know, treat his testimony and things like that. Um, the father, you know, was also on intervention and um, on a bunch of other kind of media things. And, um, you know, it, it's just a weird, awful sort of tableau um, there. But like the idea that um, the shooter himself is, is non-binary um, is definitely something that people should sort of um, maybe consider critically. Um, you know, it, it, it it's certainly one of those kind of like tactics on the right to kind of use irony or try to like mock, um, you know, trans ideology and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, but it, it's or, or, um, to, or to get everybody to back off a little, if you're a defense attorney, I don't know. There are some ethical obligations there. I would imagine this is uh, breaking some new ground, but just back to the concept of somebody who, tries to repress being gay. I can just imagine this guy watching his father do the various porno shoots and the settings and how conflicted and weird he must feel. And then he's wondering, am I gay? Am I this? And then, I mean, there was an Academy Award-winning movie, American Beauty, right, that had to do with uh, a guy who didn't want to face up to his true sexuality. It's the plot to a lot of things. So how, how but, does that, you know, I, I'm, just, know, the, I'm just speculating, of course, but. Well, sure. But I would say, I mean, there's a difference between plots and films, you know, films that are made by overwhelmingly cisgender straight people who have right. kind of a fascination with the, the conflicted nature of LGBT people. And, you know, lots of, lots of queer people, um, you know, for reasons or another have to, you know, repress their identities. Um, and, and lots of them don't go on to kill five innocent people at a nightclub. Um, so it, it's, you you want to, be careful with that. No, abs you know? um, absolutely. But I'm just saying that if you come from a milieu where these thoughts are sinful and you're a sinner and the self-hatred that goes into it and the the fighting, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think, I understand what you're saying, Heidi, and it's all speculation and we're all trying to figure it out. But the bottom line is... Uh, it doesn't matter. It's hate regardless, right? And it's hate directed toward a certain group of people. And regardless of how it came to be, it's just unacceptable in our society. Do you think the feds are going to get involved? And I'm sorry to have interrupted you. You, you probably no, you're fine. You, you know a lot more about the background of this guy. You bring up Fortune. I know it as a place where neo-Nazis like to congregate. Uh, what other sites? What are what other indications of of this guy? And, and can we find 
can we figure out whether the guy was, you know, was he literate? Have, have you seen samples of his writing or anything like that? Sure. Um, so, first of all, yeah, the feds are definitely involved. Um, you know, they were out here. First thing, you know, that was one of the things they mentioned at the press conference I attended Sunday morning right after the shooting. Um, the FBI has been involved and is helping out with the investigation. Um, and I think a lot of that might stem from the guy's previous um, kind of arrest for the bomb threat that he made last year. Um and in terms of like the rest of his sort of like online footprint, um, as I mentioned, that Encyclopedia Dramatica, like a lot of his stuff has been scrubbed, like his social media accounts are, are kind of hard to find. But the um, Encyclopedia Dramatica entry kind of details, you know, some of his activities and, and some of the um, stuff that he was involved in. Um, and, you know, 4chan, like, yeah, it has like this neo-Nazi element, but it also has a pretty prominent um you know, like incel kind of community, those sort of, um, you know, disaffected uh, men who can't, you know, form relationships with uh, women or, or other people. And, and it's, you know, a lot of those spaces like 4chan, like Kiwi Farms, um, you know, they're, they're, he's just breeding grounds of, you know, racism and misogyny and homophobia. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it, it's literally a, cesspo a cesspool of the internet. Um, and, you know, all indications kind of show that, that he was involved in, in those sorts of spaces as well. Um, I saw, uh, I saw a reporter too, that perhaps somebody helped them. Somebody might've been aware. Is that coming to fruition or is that, is he um, a lone wolf? Yeah, I mean, to the extent that, you know, any of these people are a lone wolf, right? Um, right. You know, and, and, you know, it's kind of like, well, hate is hate and we shouldn't, you know, focus too much on it. But, you know, at the same time, though, like, it, it's coming out of this environment where there's just been a concerted effort across the board from, you know, not just politicians, but right wing media figures and everybody who has a platform on the right kind of condemning LGBT people and calling them groomers. And this, um, you know, the the term that a lot of people have been using is stochastic terrorism. Right. Um, mm -hmm. The idea that you just kind of target uh, a marginalized group or um you know you 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 put that out there and then um the uh quote-unquote lone wolves will you know pick it up and act on it um so you know there's been a lot of speculation like so, some people have you know there's a report floating out there that um somebody saw the shooter maybe the night before with a blonde woman um kind of casing the club um but again like that that isn't something that I've vetted or I'm familiar with. Like, do we you know, know, do we, do we know much? Speculation. Yeah. Do we know much about what he did in Colorado Springs? Did he work? Did he go to school? Did he hang out with anybody or at any particular place? Um, there was one report that he was working at Goodwill um, and that, you know, he had some friends and it sounded like his like living situation was kind of tenuous. Like in 2021, he was like renting a, a room in it. He and his mother were like renting rooms in a house from someone and they were in kind of shared living spaces and things like that. Um, so it's hard to say, um, but he was, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, not like not necessarily like if, if there's a profile that this guy fits, it's more the kind of like, 
you know, incel loner sort of right. And if he came out, if he else. came out of the house, he'd be noticed because what's he about six seven and over three hundred pounds? Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. I think um, the That's booking gigantic. information is like six, six four and like two sixty. Okay, yeah. well that's not so big. All right. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm wondering about the DA Michael Allen. I don't know him personally. Maybe we've met, but I just don't remember. And I haven't had a case in the Springs in a while. I know George Brockler, of course, vouches for his fellow Republican. But I've read online that he's part of this super sanctuary for the Second Amendment movement. He also decried the red flag law. Is that true? And is he catching any heat? Because he had this guy and he let him go. What's up with that? Yeah. um, So there is... um there, there is a lot going on with our, our local DA's office. Um, you know, Alan did, um, you know, make statements on social media opposing the red flag laws and um, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, it's important to note that I, I think, you know, Alan's administration has been under a lot of like scrutiny and controversy since he's been elected. Um, one of his first uh, actions as DA was to um, make some serious personnel changes and fire some like longstanding prosecutors and hire uh, Dave Young, who was like the former um, DA up there in the 18th Judicial District, who declined 17th. to charge. Dave Young, so, Elijah McClain. Yeah, Adams County, yeah. 17th. Right. 17th, sorry. Yeah. That's but right. um he um you know he declined to charge the um you know police officers right. involved in Elijah McClain. I didn't know he hired he, Dave Young. That's interesting. Yeah, he was one of the first people that he hired. Um, and, he, you know, Young was also involved in, like, really pushing for the charges against protesters um, in Aurora after, you know, the, the George Floyd protest. Um, those, those charges that were all kind of, like, dropped right. and dismissed afterwards. Uh, and my prior guest, Terrence Roberts, was one of the people arrested who didn't much like that decision. He liked it better yeah. when it was dismissed. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, so so there there was controversy over that. Um, you know, there was an incident um, about you know six months to a year into Allen's term, um, where like a long time prosecutor had um, kind of quit and left this like kind of scathing sent this like scathing email accusing Allen of like you know mismanagement and creating a toxic work environment, and then um, that prosecutor unfortunately committed suicide. No. Um, yeah, so so there is there's a lot of controversy. How, over how that. veteran a prosecutor are there stories on that? Um, there are. I've shared them on Twitter. Um, the Gazette did some coverage of it. Um, wow, that's sensitive. Can, DM me that. Yeah. I holy cow shows what you don't hear about in the Denver area. Well, yeah, and you know, and so so. There, there's all of this going on. And Alan, um, you know, was very instrumental himself in prosecuting kind of protesters that were involved in the George Floyd incident. Um, and, you know, within the, you know, leftist community in Colorado Springs, like he's certainly um, not a popular guy. Um, but yeah, he was, um, so Alan's office in terms of with this shooting that that just happened. Um, So this guy was arrested back in June of 2021 um, for the bomb threat. And he was charged with 
uh, felony menacing and first degree kidnapping. And those charges were dropped. And, you know, the KDVR had reported that um, it was because the mother refused to cooperate. Um, but other people that were involved, like the lady that owned the house, um, you know, she told Caradio down here that she was never contacted by the DA's office um, for any kind of charges or case or anything. Um, and the so guy was on video. There's video of him going off, ready to go down like Scarface. And yeah, how yeah, you and throw away a case with that kind of evidence? The guy's got body armor on, and you can't even get a misdemeanor out of it to get him in the system? That's yeah. weak on the part of Michael Allen. Um, you know, and Allen has said, so at the press conference, um, the most recent one, I wasn't there in person, but I watched it on Facebook because um, they streamed it. And, you know, um, I think Alan's position was, you know, we, we weren't able to charge him. And so because of the the laws around sealing cases, you know, if the charges are dropped or dismissed, the case automatically gets sealed and you can't take any further action or anything like that. Um, you know, so. But that that's his position. Um, there certainly um, are a lot of questions that people have um, about this case. And are they being asked by the conservative media down there? I mean, the Colorado Springs Gazette, right wing, Phil Land shoots, Republican. But come on, this could be a jumping off point. Are, is anybody saying what the heck John Southers knows what it a law enforcement disaster this is. He's a former U.S. attorney. He had that job as El Paso County DA. He's got to know this is a gigantic screw-up. Is he being candid? Is anybody really saying, I'm out, this is crap, we've got to change around here? Uh, no. So, um, and, and to be fair, you know, the Gazette's coverage of all of this has been pretty good. Like a lot of the details about that 2021 incident are kind of coming from the Gazette and the video and stuff. Um, that's all the Gazette there. So as much as, you know, there are valid concerns about, you know, their ownership and their editorial board, I think the reporters that they have kind of covering this incident are doing a really good job. Um, but aside from that, yeah, you know, Mayor Southers, very similar kind of statements and, um, you know, they're not really addressing the issue um, of this kind of past history um, from what I've seen so far. What about the death penalty? Because I, I guarantee if they took a vote in El Paso County, they're probably 75% in favor. And Colorado doesn't have a death penalty, but the federal government does. Cole Finnegan's the U.S. attorney. He's been down there. I've been knowing him for decades. And is there going to be a push for, hey, let's get the maximum punishment possible? Is anybody talking about that? Not that I've seen. Um, you know, Michael Allen, he did mention the charges because they charged him with, you know, the five counts of murder and the five, like, bias-motivated crimes. And, you know, Allen mentioned, um, you know, life without parole um, in terms of, like, punishment. So no one's really spoken about the death penalty um, or anything like that. Now, I'm old enough to remember when bias-motivated crimes first came into Colorado law. And I prosecuted one of the first cases. They're not easy. It's interesting. And at the time, uh, sexual identity uh, uh, 
they, it did not protect gay or trans people, but now the law has been changed, and now even Republicans like Michael Allen are talking about using it. Is there much discussion about it? Because it's a conservative talking point that, hey, why should one murder be worse than another? And the answer to me is the terror that this inflicts on an entire community, the LGBT community. Let's think about that. This makes this crime worse. Don't you think? I certainly agree, you know, and, and you know, criticisms of the DA's office aside, I mean, I, I certainly feel that, the, um, you know, the bias motivated crime charges are certainly appropriate. Um, and, you know, the, and again, that's another reason why, you know, it's important to kind of maybe think critically about that, that recent filing that identifies the shooter as non-binary, um, you know, the, the DA, you know, we're, we're, and, and law enforcement, we're assuming, have, you know, conducted an investigation of this guy's kind of history and whatever extant social media they can scrape together, you know, with the FBI um, in terms of the charging decision. Um, and it's it's interesting to note they, they've worked to um, have the arrest warrant affidavit sealed. Um, so that's not publicly available. No media has been able to access it at this point. Um, so there's just, there's a lot about the whole situation that I think is not quite known to everyone just yet. But it's all going to come out. And uh, the beautiful thing about social media and the disgusting thing is we can see how people react. Jenna Ellis, who is really as low as you can go, Magalo. Ugh. And yeah. her words that uh, these victims are going to suffer eternal damnation unless they accepted Jesus, which I think she presumed they didn't, even though I saw some of the victims wearing big crosses, whatever. It's not Janet Ellis' form of Christianity, and therefore these people, the, the, the real crisis is eternal damnation for them. And to me... That just means a license to discriminate because what value am I as a non-Christian? So anti-Semitism, the Holocaust, the big tragedy is those victims uh, suffered eternal damnation, according to Jenna Ellis. It's sickening. Do you know who she used to work for? James Dobson. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. absolutely. And, you know, and, and it's so like this whole incident illustrates the the senselessness of this kind of violence um you know two of the victims you know ashley pa and you know raymond green vance um they weren't you know uh, from all indications you know i i don't know what might have been going on behind the scenes and i don't want to you know make a blanket statement here but they were both presumably you know cisgender people in heterosexual relationships um you know ashley paw is leaving behind her husband and her daughter um you know and this this senseless violence didn't just impact lgbt people you know um and 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 the the ghoulishness of people like Jenna Ellis and all these other pastors and all these other evangelical kind of Christian figures who want to come out and kind of comment on this incident. Um, it, it's disgusting and it's awful. It really is. The opposite of that, though, is you. Will I see you in court this week? I think I'm going to go down and watch uh, what happens in the case of Coomer v. Corcoran and Salem and I, I listened to our episode 66, and you're an affiant in the case, right? And you know who else is? I am, 
because oh, I was well, asked to provide an affidavit about some behind-the-scenes stuff at uh, Salem, Colorado. Glad to do so. You know, let's just throw the truth out there and see what happens, right? Absolutely. Heidi, you are great at covering the truth. Give everybody your Twitter handle. And before we go, I need to, you know, I wrote about it for the Colorado Sun. I'm thinking that Elon Musk has more in common with Kanye and Donald Trump and Nick Fuentes than he does with you or me. And why are we still oh, the- using his product? <laughs> what, I know you're making alternate arrangements. Tell us your thoughts about Musk and Twitter. Oh yeah, the the South African heir of like an apartheid emerald mine. Um, Wait, having- is he white? Oh, I saw that picture. He's whiter than white. Yeah, he's translucent. Did that yacht picture? You're in the Mediterranean. You can't get a little sun. That is white. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm Heidi Beetle on Twitter. Um, I'm also I I you know with all the stuff going on with Musk and um, just the. You know, the the influx of kind of like hateful comments and, you know, Twitter's moderation policies and and all the weird spam bots now. Um, it's really it's not my favorite social media platform anymore. I'll tell you that. Um, but I'm also on Mastodon. I'm uh, Heidi Beetle at Mastodon dot LOL. And you enjoy um, that more? I mean, is the action going on on Mastodon now? Because I've not switched. I, I, I no. feel your angst about Twitter, but at the same time, uh, it's where the action is. Yeah. Um, Mastodon's growing. It's not it's not it's similar to twitter but it's not exactly the same and it has its own kind of unique culture um which i i think is better than twitter's to be quite honest um but you know there are pros and cons um to it um i think it has potential um you know i think everybody's kind of in a wait and see and i'm still using twitter and um you know i will continue to use it as long as it's you know useful and relevant but um you well, know, I, 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 I think it's, I, it's days are numbered if Musk doesn't get his act together over there. Right. Right. Doggone it. These guys wreck everything. But the Colorado Times recorder, it's going strong. I know Brockler said that you guys don't do anything good. I respectfully disagree. I, I think that you put him on the hot seat where he should be because he's an influential figure. And for a while there, he had his head screwed on straight, but now he's thrown in with the Oldman types, and he never calls them out. Some people have observed you've got the, you know, people like Oldman who will do anything, say anything. Then you got the chicken shits who won't even talk about him, right? Who? I don't know him. Nick Fuentes? Remind me who that is, just like Donald Trump is trying to say now. Come on, fellas, you got to clean out your own party. And the Colorado Times recorder makes that happen. Jason Saltzman, Eric Maltbeck, I got to have to get him on. Uh, Dave Flomberg, I had on recently. Who am I missing over there at CTR? Uh, Sean Price, James O'Rourke, Logan Davis. You guys break great stories every week. It's a must-go-to site, Colorado Times recorder. Follow Heidi Beetle wherever she is. Heidi, thanks a lot for so much time. And again, I'm sorry about this tragedy in your community. Um, I'm glad some responsible news organizations realize that you are a go-to person 
And it's just, I mean, if somebody like Brockler or Kaplan said, hey, will you come on and tell us how you're feeling? Would you say yes or no? Or do you know how you would respond? Um, I mean, it depends, you know, um, I <laughs> generally, yeah, I mean, I'll entertain, like if somebody wants me to comment on something that I'm, you know, have experience with, I'm happy to kind of share my insights. Um, you know, I'm not super interested in like just debating some right. ultra mega person who wants to call me a groomer for 45 minutes. No, no, I um, want to, I want to want to do that. Yeah, and maybe they've just gone too far. But the last time I heard somebody say, yeah, I'll talk to these guys was Adam Frisch. And Kaminsky had him on one time, one time only. Kaminsky should have supported him. And this is going to be my final final because she's linked to all of this. And that's Lauren Boebert. And Kaplan's had Frisch on once. Frisch was great. But he has on Boebert. They all have Boebert on whenever she wants to come on, Brockler too. And uh, their cheerleading for Bobert really becomes sickening in the wake of what happened in Colorado Springs. And then they let her go on and filibuster her response and blaming the media. I've never said anything bad about Gates. Wasn't she a regular guest on Joe Altman back when he was talking about dragging trans teachers uh, from behind vehicles and ripping them limb from limb? Did that yeah, stop her from going on, Altman? <laughs> it certainly did not. She's been a guest on the show, and uh, she did like a fundraising video for FEC United. So um, she's definitely connected there. Right. FEC United, this run out of Bandamere, Randy Corcoran's their lawyer, uh, you know, that whole operation. How anti LGBT is that group? Which group? So, sorry, FEC United. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's Joe Oldman still, so you know, pretty. <laughs> it's right, and Christy uh, Burton Brown. Christy Burton Brown was the president of it too. I mean, they're all in bed with the haters, and um, what's going to happen to the Republican Party? Let me just get a prediction from you, because I'm predicting <laughs> in a, a civil war, an implosion. And I just hope the rest of us don't get hurt in the process. Yeah, um, it's really interesting to see. I know um, the kind of crazy faction of the Republican Party here in El Paso County is planning some kind of protest next week at um, Republican headquarters in Greenwood Village. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure how it's going to go. They, they've been really successful down here in terms of using the precinct strategy to take over the county party. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see that in other counties, or maybe we'll see um, some kind of splintering and, and a third party kind of rise out of it, like a, a MAGA party. Um, I don't know. It's a very volatile situation that I am certainly keeping an eye on. See, that's why we need to follow you. That precinct strategy flowing from Steve Bannon and those miscreants who had ruined the whole world. They get involved in Brazil, everything else. Heidi, I could talk to you forever, but Western French is your podcast. Colorado Times recorder, your beat. Heidi Beetle, thanks for making episode 124 happen. You are invaluable. Stay strong, stay safe, and keep reporting, okay? All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Now, during the pandemic and otherwise, a lot of people have so much affection for their pets. That must come up all the time. What's going to happen to Scruffy? What can you tell us about that, Michael Bailey? What you can do is create a pet trust in Colorado. You put money into trust, and then that money is available and earmarked to care for the dog. And it can last the lifetime of the dog or 21 years, whichever is shorter. And then when the time frame for the trust is up, you can dictate who gets whatever leftover money or I have several clients who will leave it to some sort of animal shelter or animal rescue to be able to care for other animals. How cool is that? You can go to Mike Bailey's office and he has offices all over and you could meet at your home, whatever. I love the way you practice law. You've kept it going for a long time. Tell everybody how they can make you their lawyer. So my phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. They can call me or they can go online to mobileestateplanning.com. And there's a link there where you can schedule an appointment with me. Okay, here's the thing. You've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156. Please call Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. 303-734-7156. Hey there, Troubadour. Hi, Craig. Happy Thanksgiving, Dave Gunders. Thank God that's over. All these family gatherings, <laughs> it can be a little stressful, but... How much weight did you gain or lose? I don't know. I haven't checked, but it was a, it was a nice Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. I know. Yes, but we do. I know. I want to be, but my gosh, that shooting in Colorado Springs just made me think about all the missed opportunities to stop this crap. Well, I I've, I haven't heard if he's made a statement or not or what what if any you know sane motivation there was. There he was a, a walking red flag. How can we let these guys have guns? Big guns, assault weapons. When it's you not say right. when you say walking red flag, what did he have a lot of did he have a lot of social media up? I haven't yes, really been with yes. it. Yeah, Heidi Beetle documents that, but it's okay. You can miss that. Law enforcement can't track all social media, but they had him under arrest. He shut down a neighborhood with a bomb threat. He live-streamed some stuff for a neighbor did. There's audio, video. This guy was clearly unstable. Everybody knew it. And yet we just say, oh, well. And in Colorado Springs, the competition among politicians, either you're uh, super for the Second Amendment, or you're super duper for it. You know, there's no backing up. No, hey, maybe we should not have these AR-15s. Anyway, I thought about you, Troubadour Dave Gunders. How many entertainment venues have you been a performer? 
What's the last call? You're performing around midnight. Have you ever thought about the nightmare of somebody walking in with a big weapon like that? It's just, it happened in, you know, within an hour of us in our state. Well, and it could happen. And, it, you know, no, I, I have, I don't think about it that much, but I will say that it's just as likely to happen in a store or a library or a place of worship or out on the mall. Somewhere, you know. It could happen any of those places. Yeah. Right. But this one seems directed at, you know, LGBT. And it's just not right. It's horrible. I did a great interview, and I think your song is so perfect because without any prompting, she brought up how Club Q was a safe haven for these people down in Colorado Springs. And I thought of your songbook and one of your greats, Safe Haven. And it's it's a disturbing song in a way. Even though it's about a safe haven, you're singing with an angst and a yearning. And there's sort of a, a frenzied, frantic pace to that song of a guy who really needs a safe haven. Right. But it's not, it's not existing for them right now. Just like this shattered safe haven for these people in the springs. Well, I appreciate you listening to the to the song, Craig. I guess and you could definitely see it that way. I'd say angst is pretty good. A pretty good uh, description. Yeah. 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 You'd say the world is a scary place and how people can't keep up this pace. And what do you think's gonna happen if people keep hating on trans? I mean You and I talk about the news, but this fixation on trans this, trans that, it's like somebody's looking for an issue. It's never affected my life. Has it affected yours? I read somewhere a statistic that um, proportionally trans people, one in a thousand, okay? So to your point, people make a big deal over something that's really, as far as impacting society, very, very small. But I would like to say that I'm a real believer in, in everybody being able to express who they are and realize who they are um, as human beings and have their own happiness, find their own love. That's, that's my take on all of this. And that's the right take. But there are some people who cannot abide homosexuality, trans this, right. that, and it's like, well, What's it your problem? It's interesting that I went to school in Colorado Springs where focus on the family was. Were you here for Amendment 2? Yeah, you were. Remember that? We got labeled the hate state, and it all kind of flowed out of uh, conservative politics out of Colorado Springs. My God, Dave Gunders, have you watched the video of the father of this shooter? No, I've been. I've not, not been on it. Okay. Let me sum it up. He uh, is a Mormon. He's uh, really well built. I mean, I've seen his whole body because he's a porn star named Dick Delaware, and he's appeared in a lot of videos. He also is an MMA fighter. And now at age 48, he looks about 78 because by his own admission, he had a big methamphetamine problem. So his mama has a daddy who's, uh, I don't know, Tom Tancredo on steroids out in California. Right, uh, right. And whole, this is this is just uh, a, another Colorado tragedy. And we can say, 
Well, what about this issue or that issue? And it brings up so many issues, but five people are dead. And 17 more are hurt through a shooting. How many people traumatized? Right. Uh, it, it's just, I, I don't know. Do you think? And, and then you and I were talking about Nick Fuentes, this Jew hater. He's online. I talked about him when I interviewed Michelle Malkin, right? I said, what are you doing supporting that guy? And she ended up hanging up on me. I remember. Now this guy is invited to Mar-a-Lago, and he had dinner this Thanksgiving weekend with Donald Trump. And I put on Twitter, who knows how much longer Twitter's going to last, but I put, you want to know why I can't be friends with some of you people? Because... You support a guy who invited Nick Fuentes to Mar-a-Lago. I mean, every time you think it can't get worse. I mean, Kanye West is bad enough, but to bring Nick Fuentes? Right. And this is recently, right? This is after uh, Kanye's outburst and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I now, know. I Trump, mean, Trump, Trump made some statement exonerating himself. Why is that? I didn't know who the guy was. I've been talking about him for years. For years, he was. It was the same month that I got terminated on the radio show that Charlie Kirk, who's now mainstay at Salem, had on his left and right Kimberly Guilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. at UCLA, and they were trying to have a panel when they were disrupted by people on the right affiliated with Nick Fuentes and the Groypers, and they shut down the rally. And there, you thought. Okay, at least Guilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. and this Charlie Kirk will stand up to these bastards on the right. But it turns out they won't, or at least Papa Bear won't. Trump will do things. It's just unbelievable. And to think to welcome Nick Fuentes, a neo-Nazi, if there ever was one, to the same table you're going to have Jared and Ivanka and the Jewish grandchildren sit around? Do you, you, have you thought about all of Makes this? Makes no sense. In Donald Trump world. Anyway, I'm going on and on. What ex, what inspired Safe Haven? What crisis were you going through? I've had so many. I know, but do you remember? It's such an interesting song. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not going to. Uh, uh, nothing comes to mind as oh. far as my own personal, uh, you know, difficulties at the time, but. But uh, I liked the idea of, um, I don't know, a kind of love that's like a, it's not that it isn't romantic love, but the, the kind of love that um, uh, exists when someone totally counts on someone else, you know, that you know right. that they're going to, they're, they've got your back, that kind of, that kind of right. love. That's kind of was, was what I was focusing on. Right. There. Your haven wasn't a place. It's a person. It's a person. But normally a haven's a place. Well, what does a haven mean? What do you think? I liked it up. Haven, it's a lot like heaven, isn't it? No. Well, a haven is a refuge. It's a, it's a, it's a, a place of refuge and safety. Exactly. So, if a haven is a place of safety, which is the precise definition, it's amazing. You could, you could write a dictionary, I think. All right, someday. So, maybe. when you say safe haven, isn't that kind of repetitive? You know, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah. everybody says safe haven. Right, that's true. But, a but haven you're absolutely is right. Necessarily safe. It's it's a redundancy. A bit of a redundancy, but I think so. It, but it's it's good assonance, right? 
It sounds good. Abstinence is when the vowels sound. What did you call me? No. It's when a, a, a like Craig, safe haven. Craig needs a safe haven right now. It's always fun to talk to, even on kind of a difficult Thanksgiving week. I don't think we're the only ones. I think this is disruptive in Colorado. When you heard about it, what did you think, Troubadour Dave Gunders? I mean, you're always upbeat, but it's like people want to say, oh, you, you try to push it away, but... These are real people. One of these kids was in the Heidi Beatles uh, high school class that she taught. Right, right. Well, one of the things, I mean, aside from the, the horrific tragedy for the victims and their families, I thought that, like you, you alluded to it, that, that a community is, a whole community in this, in this city is, is, is torn, you know, is, is, has been has been uh, torn asunder basically, and and it's um, it's a terrible thing, and to the, to some extent nationwide, I think for the LGBT um, community, right? Yeah, terrorized. That's why I think hate crime laws are necessary because crimes like this are aimed at a community, and it does damage, and it's worse. Even though we won't get any worse punishment unless the feds step in. You know, Colorado doesn't have a death penalty, but you could prosecute them like the Tsarnaya brothers in Boston and go for the death penalty. Now, I would not advocate for it. You know why? Because he's only 22 and because I feel sort of bad for him after watching his dad and learning about his family. I have a little Rahman. It's not much, but a little because he's a product of a messed up world and a messed up upbringing and it would be hard to get a death penalty, even if it's appropriate. And my God, you know, you take one life, you spend life in prison, and then you get to kill four more, wound 17 more, and there's no further consequence. That doesn't make much sense either, right? But what are you going to do? In murder, there is no justice. Nobody comes back to life. We just mourn the people who have passed. And part of the way we do it is with music. And... uh I want people to listen to this song because it's got all the classic Dave Gunders elements, sun, moon, and mazel. You talk about luck. You know, it's the luck of the draw. And uh, there's a lot of luck who was there at what moment. Thank God for Richard Fierro. Let's not forget the hero who saved so many lives. I want to salute him and we'll dedicate Dave Gunders' great song, Safe Haven, uh, to the victims and the heroes at uh, Club Q in Colorado Springs. Dave Gunders, thanks for your song. Thanks for your friendship. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Craig. Shabbat Shalom. Stairs have fallen in the house where I grew up, abandoned long ago. Now I'm looking for something. Could you be that one thing? Your gaze, your ways, those flashing eyes I'm craving. Would you promise me your safe haven?
how the sun will shine its rays. Though clouds may darken our days, your light comes shining through. I never did believe in fate till I heard those sirens calling, dreaming at your garden gate, turning on you. And I'm looking for something. is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like, I grew up with dogs. And so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on, this, on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. some exciting news. I am starting my brand new law firm. It's Attitude Mind. 
the legal skills mine. The support staff, incredible. Find us online soon at CraigsColoradoLaw.com. Find me right now on Twitter at CraigsColorado. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Ashley Paul, Derek Rump, Daniel Aston, Kelly Loving, Raymond Green Bands, to everybody injured, to everybody who loved these people, to all of Colorado. May this show help us understand what's going on and may it never happen again. Thanks for listening. Hey, I told you this was going to be a great show. Did you hear the yearning, the angst in Dave Gunder's great song, Safe Haven? Thank you, Troubadour. Thank you, Heidi Beetle. Stay strong, stay safe. Your reporting is invaluable. My podcast is nothing without our great sponsors and you, the listeners. Please tell a friend. We're here every Saturday, God willing. Episode 125 comes up next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.